All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to a brand new episode of SCAR. And SCAR stands for Seeking Courage and Redemption with Dustin Rivenbark. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the podcast, kind of the why are we here, so to speak. And we are here to work out our hardships, our tribulations, our troubles in such a way to unfold God's plan and purpose for our lives. But you may be listening to this and thinking, but Dustin, why do I need to listen to Scar? And the truth is, we all have stuff. We all have things, we all have hardships that we come across in this life. And if we're not if we're not careful, those things can even begin to accumulate and change the trajectory of our lives. So, that's exactly why you need to be plugged into the Scar podcast is because here it's a safe place to offload your your hurts, trials, tribulations and your victories and wins and catch a whole lot of wisdom in the process. So, I'm looking forward to this particular episode. I've got a great new friend on the line. Her name is LaToya Nache. Would you please say hello, LaToya? Hello, everyone. I'm glad to be here. Yes, and we are excited to have you. And now you are located in Tennessee, correct? I am, just well, outside of Nashville. Love it. Nashville. All right. How's how's the weather where you are in Nash- or outside of Nashville? It is a Tennessee summer. Tennessee it's hot summer. And humid. <laughs> hey, tell me about it. I'm South Alabama and it is hot out there. The kids just got out of the pool and it is just steaming out there. So, uh, anyway, tell us um, a little bit. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Latoya is a a life coach. So she uh, basically is um, a breakout coach who equips others to live unstuck unbound unbreakable lives now that is a a powerful uh opening there latoya so tell us a little bit about how you came into this role and why i would say that one of the things that breaks my heart more than anything is seeing believers like children of god who are bound Mm. We, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, but I don't see a lot of free Christians. Mm. That's good. And so we become so inundated with the, just the structure of the world that it's hard to break over into kingdom life. Wow. And so, so my job is to really coach and equip believers to live like they know whose they are. You know, I, I'm, that's such a powerful statement because um, as a, a youth pastor right now, I see so many students as well as young adults, as well as older adults, LaToya, that that are facing this powerful entity we know of as social media and all of all of this. We, we see life pulling at them. We see the mainstream pulling at them as as what they should dress like, what they should look like, who they should be, and all of that. But I think somewhere along the line, we've lost that that idea of, um, but who does God say that I am? Absolutely. 
You, you know, and so I'm I'm grateful for people like you speaking into the lives of of others because it can be so hard to to navigate if you don't have a voice of wisdom there to talk through some things. Today, I want us to kind of focus on uh, purpose loosely because I want to get into and, and really hearing kind of some of the things that, that you bring to the forefront of people's lives, of people's thoughts that maybe we hadn't thought of before. But before we talk about kind of your purpose and all of that, what makes breakout coaching effective? What is that? What does that look like? It's because I do not show up pretending like I have the answers. That's not my responsibility as a coach, and that's really no coach's responsibility. So coming from a Christian coach perspective, my role is to listen to what my client is saying, but also listen to what with the Holy Spirit is speaking so that I, I ask the right questions. Mm. And as I begin to ask those powerful questions, it, it causes my clients to go deeper and to really pull on God. You know, as children, everybody asks us, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I don't know that anybody ever asked me what I was called to be or who God created me to be. And so my responsibility as a coach, I, I focus on purpose and identity, mindset, and then navigating the trials that come along with transition. But in all of those things, identity in Christ is an anchor. Yeah. So I'm, I'm always coaching people back to who does God say you are? What yeah. is the Lord speaking to you in the season? And what is he showing you for your future? Love it. I love that. And so getting into... Uh, we had a conversation right before this conversation in which you, um, you you stated that that you didn't really necessarily grow up in church, but you had you had a grandmother that was a very strong influence in your life. And one day you were asked a very um, powerful question about how you, in fact, uh, wanted your life uh, or what it what you wanted your life to look like. Tell us a little bit about that. Right. So my grandmother is definitely has been the most influential person in my life. And I know Jesus because of her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what my relationship would look like, my relationship with Christ would look like without her, or, or if I would even have one. So I know him <laughs> because of her. And she taught me how, how to just hear from the Lord for myself and, and really value his word and pray it back to him. And so because of that, when I speak, I speak from a place of wisdom and I tend to always have an answer for something. Yeah. But I, was, I was actually being coached. This is before I, I even knew that I wanted to become a coach or that God was calling me to that. And so I was, I was being coached by a lady that I went to church with and she asked me, to describe what life looked like, the vision I had for my my future that was filled with purpose. And I explained that to her, and then she said, okay, so what does an average weekday look like if that is what your life as a whole looks like? Mm. And I didn't have the capacity to dream in that, in those fine details. Wow. Wow. You know, when, when we look at at purpose, that word seems so mystical. Uh, 
That word seems so far away, so hard, so out of reach. Can you break down uh, what some what is someone's purpose and why why is that even important? You know, I heard the best definition of purpose just a few weeks ago. It's Pastor Teray Roberts. He's uh, over One Church LA, and he said purpose is alignment with God's will in real time. Mm, that's good. So it's that's just really. Good. Purpose is hearing and obeying, hearing and obeying. You know, I I absolutely love that. God um, spoke to me one day and I felt like, you know, I, I felt like he was speaking to me. One of the clearest definitions of the word calling or purpose or whatever. And he said, he said, your purpose is where God has placed you for impact and you are thankful through obedience. And that's saying the same thing. What are you doing right now where where you can be impactful? Absolutely. And, and that, though, that mindset comes from a servant's heart. Yes. And I think that in, in the world and even in the church, too, we have made per, the concept of purpose an idol to where now we think that purpose is supposed to serve us. Mm. Not that it, it is actually the vehicle by which we serve humanity. Yo, that's that's deep right there, LaToya. I mean, honestly, people are so f- distracted by this word purpose and I think you're I think you're exactly right. People want to know what their purpose is and they deem that as the vehicle that's going to make them happy. Right. And in all actuality, while landing in my purpose is fulfilling, that's not the purpose of my purpose. Absolutely. And, and it's fulfilling, but it's not always comfortable. Yes, that's and the it's thing. Never easy. <laughs> never easy. Um, let me ask you this. How does somebody even be Again, to discern what their purpose is like like you just think about okay let's put it this way let's put it in the mind of some of our listeners i told you um a little bit about the podcast we have some of our listeners who've really gone through some hard stuff really gone through some difficult times and uh and this is kind of a place where we come together to catch that wisdom and we can move forward uh in this life together but to a single mom or a single dad who's just trying to put food on the table or this or that or or maybe struggling in their marriage right now or maybe um, they're fighting with their boss or uh, whomever their boyfriend or girlfriend and they're like yo look I'm just I'm just trying to get through this season right now how does somebody even begin to find their purpose in all of the I guess distractions out there Latoya right so I would start, the word of God is always the answer, and not even to be deep or overly spiritual, it's just, I believe that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, mm-hmm. and so, redemption, Yes. Life, life happens, and it puts all these labels on us, are, and what we're not enough of, but Isaiah 43 and 1 says, but now says the Lord that created you. O Jacob, and he that formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. 
I have called you by your name. You are mine. So purpose begins with going back to what it means to belong to the Lord. And so one thing I always ask my clients is, who does God say you are? And then before allowing them to answer, I tell them, don't give me a scripture. I don't want to hear that you're the head and not the tail. I do not want to hear that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I want to know what rhyme of word God has given you for you about you. Wow. Wow. That is, uh, that is so deep. That, you know what that takes? That takes intentional prayer. That takes, that, that takes intentionally seeking, not just God's word. That takes intentionally seeking God's presence. Yes. God manifesting himself in and through my life and showing me what he, uh, the plans that he has laid, laid out for me. But I, I just got to say, LaToya, that a lot of people, all right, while, okay, I live in the South. I live in what is known as the Bible Belt, okay? And so everybody claims to be Christian. Everybody loves God and everybody, um, you, you know, loves Jesus and, and, and all of that, but not everybody lives it not everybody shows i guess i guess the fruit and and all of that beyond beyond that a lot of people's mindsets and thought thought processes are programmed into just automatically believing that that they're going to heaven automatically believing that you know they're they're a good person this and that while constantly trying to seek what the world has to offer. And I guess I'm taking the long way of how do we begin to program our minds to think to think properly while we're trying to discover our purpose. Absolutely. So you just you just tapped right into my heartbeat. Yeah. And that's discipleship. Mm, that's good. We, and this is, you know, <laughs> I don't mean this in a, in a disrespectful way, but this is something that I dis- I discuss often when we tell people to close your eyes, bow your head, and say this prayer to receive salvation. And then those who are strong don't know how to bear the infirmities of the weak because we don't know who just got saved. Mm. We don't know who's not a mature Christian. And so we don't know who to disciple. I was listening to a sermon recently by Travis Green, and he said that in the kingdom of God, we all have the same title. And that is, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I had to pause that sermon and think that thing through because... Really, Jesus just left us with three things that we needed to do. We need to love God, love people, and make disciples. Yes. And we're out here acting like we're going to get that well done, good and faithful servant. Well, we're not. The ultimate way to love a person is to disciple them. Yes. And if I'm not even making an attempt to disciple you, I don't really love you. Mm. And then you're not going to grow. And you're not going to know how to rightly divide the word of truth. So forget, for, you can take purpose off the table. You're just not going to know how to follow Jesus. Wow. Yeah. And if you don't know how to follow Jesus, there's no purpose after that. So there, there's no sense in talking about what you're called to do and gifted to do. First, you have to follow the shepherd. 
Man, you know, that's that's so true. And it's kind of getting off on a side note here. Where do you think churches are getting discipleship wrong right now? I honestly believe that the pandemic taught us or revealed that we weren't discipling at all. Yeah. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly because uh, we see a lot of people who have now left the church during the pandemic and 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 probably, most likely, many of them will never return again. Absolutely. And so that lets you know that it almost had become habitual. Uh, 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 and now that that habit's been broken, there was no transformation. It was it was a habit yeah. of going to church with no real with no real transformation. You know what? If somebody right now is listening to this and saying, you know, I realize that I got to make some changes. You know, Latoya, Dustin, I I hear you, and and I know that my life that there's more to this. I know that there's more to this thing that that I, I know Jesus came, died for more than what I'm in right now, what I'm going through right now, but I am almost frozen in time and I'm scared. How can somebody begin to move forward uh, that maybe maybe is just plain stuck? Right. And honestly, that's what I do as a coach is I help people get unstuck. I help them to find who they are in Christ. But if they're in a place where they're not, ready for coaching I say look around and study the fruit of those Christians who are around you and when you see one that you feel like is actually living out the word of God walk with them yes love that (laughs) Ask ask them questions that's really discipleship at the root of it it's just having these authentic relationships where we have real conversations and we do life together in the context of the Bible you know, um, a lot of times when we get to, to going through this thing, I think a lot of times the, the Word of God can be hard to uh, navigate to a new reader, uh, to a new beginner, all of, all of those things. Even to a seasoned vet, we can run into uh, um, issues with, with the Word of God. Of, of Because here's the thing, it is a living breathing document and and it's always speaking to me in my in my different seasons the same passage that I've read a hundred times I never saw it like this before though and and that's where that discipleship that's where being able to speak and walk along somebody who's in tune with the spirit and and really being able to learn and and I think that's where discipleship is so effective I have two ladies in my life, and they're they're both around my mom's age, and they don't hesitate to ask me hard questions or to correct me when I'm wrong or bring me back to the Word of God. They they challenge me that iron sharpens iron, and, and I value that. So when we want to grow spiritually, we also have to be open to that. We've we shifted into this place where we think that, that love is complete tolerance and it's not like there is there is correction that's my good. rod and my staff they comfort me you know with correction a lot of times correction is painful 
a lot of times if you're not in the right mentality, correction can almost feel like condemnation. So, so with that can come along a season of, let's say, a word that, that church often uses, and I hear this word all the time in the church world, is, is burnout. Trying to, trying to figure out a healthy rhythm of life. Um, and, and we're all the time using this word burnout, but I want to use it in a different context. I want to use it to the one that maybe is just coming along and maybe struggling. It could be an addiction. It could be, um, it could be whatever your issue is you're going through right now that you're having trouble believing God in, whatever that is for you or distraction that you are having, I want to ask you, when your back is against the wall, okay, and these convictions start to feel like condemnation, I can go through my own type of burnout to where I just say, this is too hard. This this Jesus thing is just too much. It's just I don't know if it's worth it because all I feel is beaten up on. Can you help us make sense of the correlation between, I guess, Christianity not being a religion but a relationship? Does that make sense to you? Absolutely, yeah. So the Bible talks about how there is there is worldly sorrow and then godly sorrow. There is this this overwhelming sense of, oh, I missed the mark. Like Judas, he felt that, and that, that led him to, to suicide. Mm-hmm. But the godly sorrow, that's Peter. He knew that he messed up. He knew he denied Christ, but he repented. And so I, I know that that place of just feeling burnout out is in the latter part of 2018, so around the fall. I was just the lowest that I ever been spiritually, emotionally. I was frustrated because I felt like I said yes to everything God told me to do. And it just got me in a deeper and a deeper hole. And so I'm like, yo, God, what's up? Yeah. You don't see me here? <laughs> like, dude, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> and that was, I mean, oh my gosh, I cried so much and I, I never stopped praying. Yeah. I was angry, but I never stopped praying. Mm. And when I felt myself getting weak and getting discouraged, I'm very honest. I'm, I'm very transparent. So, you know, I had those hard conversations with my inner circle, letting them know, like, this is what I'm going through. This is what where I am. And then I took a vacation. <laughs> that's that's big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had to I had to come out of my normal. And so I left the I left the country, you know, for a few days, and but during that time of not being inundated with my obligations, I had time to just seek God without those distractions, because the stuff that I was quote unquote doing for God had become a distraction or drew it like put a wedge between my me and my relationship with God. Yeah, and so. In, in that space, in that stillness, I I am a promoter of stillness. So in, in that space of just being quiet in the presence of God and, and listening, he started to remind me of my values and reestablish my boundaries. 
and remind me of what he purposed me to do so that I would say no to the correct things. Every time we say yes to the wrong thing, we're saying no to the right thing. Yes. Yes. That is that is huge. With with that, let me ask you explain so so explain breakout. What is your view of breaking out? What does that look like for someone? What 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 goes through your mind when you think of breakout coach? What do you want that to be for someone? That is taking the limits off of your life. Wow. Because we serve a God who does exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask, think, or imagine. Mm. He came so that Jesus came so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. And we get our minds so fixed on tangible things. Mm. That's not it. Mm. If you put first things first, the rest of the things will come. I like that. And so when we live in our God prescribed limits, we will experience a limitless life. So breakout coaching is all about helping my clients break free from all those chains that have bound them and tied them to something that God never intended to restrict them. And then finding out what, what the yard is, like I say, yeah, <laughs> you know, having these, <laughs> we, we work within, um, God's structure and within his word. And so that creates this wide open space. Yes, that space has boundaries, but there's a lot of freedom in the yard. Okay, uh, but but Latoya, how do I shift my narrative? How do I begin to change my position of myself in this world enough to experience breakout because if if I'm go okay if 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 it is a release of restraint okay what about if I look at my life and my surroundings and all I see is restraint financially uh uh in my marriage as a parent uh, in my job in my addictions, in my hardships, all I know is restraint. And it's become almost, it's become a mental barrier for me. How can we shift that narrative and start to experience that breakout you're talking about? Absolutely. So restrictions only go away when strategies are in place. So that's, that's what I do. So good. Say that again. Say that one more time. When restrictions, I don't even know for sure what I said, but I know <laughs> when restrictions are in place, like the only way to get out of those, there were strategies. We yeah. have to have strategies to break free of the restrictions. That's so good because, you know, they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting Absolutely. different results. Absolutely. So one of the most practical things I do, and I do this with every single client, whether it's one-on-one or in group coaching, if you are my client, you will take a values assessment. Because what they always find is that once they identify their values and they have them on paper, they start to examine their life. Wow. And the reason why they're in coaching with me 
is because their values aren't being served. I love that. Yeah. That creates internal conflict, and that's how we get stuck. Sure. That's that's a mathematical formula for you right there in a lot of how we find ourselves in the situations that we're in. Absolutely. And so it takes strategy, it takes intentionality, and it takes community. And so I absolutely love that. But now I want to ask you this, kind of as we start to uh, wind this this podcast down, this is full of wisdom, I want to know, give our listeners some sort of hope for the long run. How do I keep from from growing weary in this life? How do I keep from from feeling that burden of burnout? How do I... How do I, I guess, fight the good fight? Right. I would say, first and foremost, practicing the presence of God every single day. Making sure that we're being still in His presence because that rejuvenates us. But then, being sure to put one foot in front of the other. Isaiah 119 says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. Often we want to eat without being willingly obedient. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we're grudgingly obedient. But if you practice the presence of God, that will get your heart posture in the right position every single time. And when we're rightly postured, that positions us for peace and provision and all the other promises of God so doing that having community walking with other people at one point Moses could not hold his arms up he had help we need help too you know Latoya you just said if a lot of times we want to eat without being obedient and and we just kind of blew right by that. But I want to stop. The Bible is very clear, you know, that that if we don't work, like like we don't eat, like we have we 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 have our part to do. We have our part to play. God, yes, He created us with a plan and a purpose, and and at for our lives and and all of that he created us for good works okay and in those works you know in those good works man we're going to find plenty plenty of fruit to to eat on but here's the thing somewhere along the way in the push of a button society that we live in now the world at our fingertips we almost have developed this sense of entitlement that that we're not that we're not willing to be obedient in order to eat because I think I think you just owe me. Right. And I don't know where that come from. I just wanted to dig into that. I want I wanted to say that and I felt I felt like somebody, somebody listening needed to hear like like, hey, you know, I don't know if you're being disobedient. I, I, I don't know what it is that's going on, but I just feel like somebody that is going to listen to this podcast, whenever it is that you tune into this, you need to hear the words, um, be obedient. What What is it God is speaking to you that you're running from? What What is it that God is telling you that you don't want to do that you know you, I just want to say get on board. 
you said it earlier, Latoya. You used the word anchored. You know, when we're anchored in in the Word of God, when we're anchored in a strong foundation, um, when the storms come, uh, we will remain and we'll know what to do. Right. You know, um, and, and so, I don't know. I, you're an author as well. Tell us a little bit about um, where we can find out some more about you, LaToya, uh, some of your work. And if we just want to contact you, because um, again, uh, this is a community, and I firmly believe um, that that you know God put us together, and that there's a reason and a rhyme for all of this. And you are full of godly wisdom. And how can we find out more about you? Go to breakoutcoaching.buzz, B-U-Z-Z, or you can find me on Instagram, Coach Latoya Nache. It's Coach underscore Latoya Nache on Instagram. Love it. Love it. And tell us um, about some of your your uh, writings. There are eight books on my website. But oh, wow. Tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you about the one that it's actually my shortest book, but it's the one that's hardest for me. Yeah. And the Lord has me, it came out in, in 2017, and the Lord literally has me to read it every single year. And that one is called Processing the Process. Okay. Because people tell you all the time, trust the process, trust the process. Yo, I can't trust what I don't understand. Yes. So we have to mentally process what we're going through and understand that there's grace for the journey. So mm. there's this divine enablement that helps us close the gap between now and next. We're always trying to get to that next thing, but there's a level of awareness that's needed. And now there's something that God is trying to get to us now. So we have to lean into that grace, lean into his presence, and just keep putting one foot in front of the other. I love that. That's a powerful word to end on. Um, there you have it, guys. Latoya Nache. Um, what an honor and a privilege it has been to have you on here. I can certainly, uh, just from getting to know you a little more, uh, Latoya, I can, I can feel the presence of God. I can feel the Spirit moving, and He's certainly speaking to you. Eight books. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and uh, and so very very glad to have you on here. Any any final words that you would have? Uh, just any final words of encouragement for us, or uh, maybe I'll tell you what. Could you could you close us out in prayer, Latoya? Yes, absolutely. All right. I I will say the verse that just keeps stirring in my heart is Romans five and five. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. So, Father, I thank you for your Spirit. I thank you that he is ever-present in the heart of every single believer. So, Lord, today I just pray that you would just infuse us with hope and peace and joy and trust in knowing that you are who you say you are. It is you who redeems us, and it is you who defines us. So, Lord, I thank you for giving us beauty for ashes and joy for our mourning continue to keep us and guide us so that we can glorify you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Amen. Yes, great word from you today, Latoya. And if you will hold up, yes, absolutely. Uh, if you will hold on for just a second, as for our listeners, we will see you in the next couple of days.